Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. He is risen. So excited to see you guys. Hey, um, before we get started, there's those little cards on your uh, chairs. And uh, we're asking you for help, actually, to guide us in our sermon planning series. We thought um, we'd like to know what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about. And so um, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to, like, well, help us understand this thing in Scripture, or we'd like to hear more teaching on this, write that down and then drop it in those uh, little buckets on the way outside the pedestals there. And uh, it may shape uh, some of our uh, preaching here for this summer. So we'd love to hear from you now. Speaking of summer, do we dare say say like spring is here is it has it come I don't, I don't know you know I um I, I'm excited because uh, on uh, Saturday for the first time I went you know I like to run uh, every week and I, I ran outside instead of inside and uh, I've been running on the treadmill all winter and I hate that it's it is horrible it's so boring and you just like I just want to quit every time I'm on that dumb thing and I, I've noticed that if I don't have a goal I don't make it so uh, all winter I had this goal. I was just going to, you know, every time I get on it, I just do it just a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And my goal was to get four miles in 30 minutes. And I'm not there. And it's over, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, but, but the, I, you know, I was getting kind of close. And, but there was this one week about two weeks before that I was just like, I don't... I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I'm just going to kind of have a little saunter. You know, I'm going to get on there. And I just started jogging without any goal. And it wasn't but like five minutes that I'm kind of slowing it down. And then I'm grabbing the end of the treadmill, just kind of, you know, lifting up my legs as I would go uh, so I didn't have to work so hard. And then after 20 minutes, I just quit. And see, see that's how it is. With, with anything hard, anything difficult, you've got to have a goal, right? If you don't have a goal, you're not going to make it. Speaking of quitting, you know, I don't know if you know, but I had to quit my job at the orange juice factory because uh, I just couldn't concentrate. <laughs> All right. Or, do you know why, you know, speaking of quitting, do you, do you know why uh, the cannabis farmer, why he quit raising cattle? Because the stakes were getting too high. Uh, no, I don't like that one. Huh? I've got one more. Should I do it or not? You want to? Okay. All right. So uh, how about this? The doctor told me that for my health, that I have to quit eating uh, meat immediately. And, and I asked, do I have to quit cold turkey? <laughs> no, I think that's good. So if you, uh, yeah, I don't care what you say, that's funny stuff right there. <laughs> now, if, uh, you, uh, if you're new to this church, if a friend brought you, just understand, I love the dad jokes and that's just kind of how it goes. So they should have warned you it's their fault. If they didn't, that stuff's gonna happen. But the only way to finish hard things, is that you've got to decide, okay, here's the goal. This is where I'm going. Think about your greatest accomplishment right now. Okay? You have your greatest accomplishment in life. All right? I would bet that it was hard. I would bet that there was a difficult goal and that you had to persevere and you had to keep going and pressing through and the goal is what kept you going. I think my greatest accomplishment, accomplishment in life right now is that my wife and I will be uh, celebrating our 30-year anniversary this summer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you know what? It hasn't been easy, especially for her. But we said at the beginning, we're like, let's say, hey, what do you think about? It? Let's just do this the whole time. 
Let's finish together. That's our goal. And we've made that our goal, and through difficulty, through good times and bad times, like we've got our eyes set on that. We're going to just keep pressing through the difficulty. And now here we are talking about the resurrection and talking about the crucifixion. And and I wanted to, to remind you of what Jesus went through, all that he endured, and the goal that was set before him. I mean, think about what Jesus did to finish for us. Think about what he went through. Anybody seen uh, the movie, The Passion of the Christ? All right, so we were gonna watch this on Friday with our family, and I mean, it's rated R just because of how gruesome it is as you see what happened to Jesus. And we were gonna watch it, and we're like, I, I mean, I could barely handle it. I don't know if my 12-year-old can handle this movie right now, so we decided not to. And I was gonna show a clip, but I decided not to show a clip for it, but I got some stills from that, just reminding us what Jesus went through of how he was beaten. I mean, it's just so incredulous that, that they would slap the creator and say, now prophesy, making fun of him, beating him with rods, and then taking that whip with the cat of nine tails, right, that spreads out in the end. And then, then that whip had little pieces of glass and little pieces of rock in it, and it would come to his back and it would just pull the flesh off. And, and they would only do 39 lashes because 40 would kill you. And so Jesus, he was whipped and beaten to such a degree that he couldn't even carry the cross anymore. His body was just giving out on him. And think about what Jesus finished and what he went through. But it's more than that. The big thing, the, the, the greatest thing of all is how he was bearing the sin of the entire world on the cross for that moment. Now I think about just my sin. And if I took all my sins from my life and I had to experience them just all for like 10 minutes, I mean, it would be unbearable. The guilt and the shame and the weight and the heaviness that, just from my sin. And then he took all of our sin, anyone who looks to Christ, and he carried it on that moment. But you know, you know, right, that it wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross. You know that they didn't have the power to keep him there, but there was some goal, there was something in him that said, I must finish and I will go forward. And see, Jesus, he had the real opportunity. I mean, he could have avoided it multiple times. He could have decided not to do it. Let me show you here. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Matthew 16, verse 21. And it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, check this out, that he must, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of men. You see, Jesus came for a mission and he told them plainly, this is why I'm here. This is what I must do. I came here for this suffering and for this cross. And Peter brings a real temptation. And we know it's a real temptation because Jesus, this is a stumbling block. You are tempting me. And if it is a real temptation, it had to be a real option that Jesus could have taken at any time. And I would guess that Peter was probably thinking of the transfiguration, this moment where Jesus goes up on the mount with a few of the apostles and his full glory is displayed and he's talking to Moses and Elijah and it's the king of glory here on earth. And Peter had to be thinking, do it that way. Just bring your glory, bring your power, show the world who you are. 
let go of all this suffering and all this sacrifice. And Jesus says, no, that's a temptation. That's a stumbling block to me. I'm not going to bring my glory without the sacrifice. And he kept going, knowing what was ahead. Look at this, Hebrews 12. So this is our, our theme verse as a church for this year. Hebrews 12, 1. And it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. What was the goal? What was the mission? What was this purpose that kept Jesus going forward through such shocking pain, through such cruelty, such disgrace, that the creator would come down and be judged and mocked and sentenced and persecuted and killed by his own creation? The answer is shocking. The answer is humbling. The answer is such a heavy answer. What would keep him to go through that? What was his goal? And here it is. You. You. He saw you. You were the thing that kept him on the cross. And when he was in the garden before it happened, I mean, he had such anxiety. Knowing what was coming, what he had to bear, it says that he was sweating drops of blood, praying to the Father, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup. Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. But not my will, but your will be done. And the one thing, the one thing that stopped the Father from saying, okay, Jesus, it's okay, you don't have to do it. Okay, Jesus, don't worry about it. The one thing that stopped him was you. His connection with you. It's because of you that this story is different from the story of Abraham and Isaac. You know that story, Abraham and Isaac? So there's a, a movie coming out. I really want to see it, uh, His Only Son. If you want to learn more about that story, or, or you can read it. And so this amazing thing. So it's about 2,000 years before Jesus. And God comes to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your only son, Isaac. And, and Abraham's old, and he's not having any more kids. There's no way. This one miracle has already happened. And he loves his son dearly, of course. And he goes to Mount Moriah, which I believe is actually the exact same place where we see Jesus sacrificed 2,000 years later. And he brings his son up there, and they're going for the sacrifice. And Isaac says, well, well Father, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Of course, the answer was him. It was the boy. Now, I believe Isaac had the power, the strength to overpower his dad, to run away, but he willingly goes up on the altar when he finds out what God has asked him to do. In this amazing moment where Abraham takes the knife and he brings it over his own son, and then as it's about to come down, the angel stops his arm and says, no, no, you don't have to do it. You see, but this story that I'm talking to you about right now with the father and the son, it's different we look at Abraham and Isaac, and I don't know about you, but I'm like, why would you do that, God? Why would you do that to Abraham? Why would you make Isaac go through that? And I believe the answer, again, is you, and it's me, and it's so we would understand just a little tiny bit of what he did with his own son. 
As we look at the un- injustice of Abraham and Isaac, and we look at what to sacrifice your own son, no, it couldn't be any more cruel than that, that we look at that and we could see just a little bit of what the father felt as the son was going up on the cross. It points to just a little bit of understanding. See, but the difference was that with our father in heaven, the hammer wasn't held back. Pierced his flesh. Pierced his hands. Why? For you. For me. Hebrews 12, 2. The joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. What was the joy set before him? Do you know that the joy set before Jesus wasn't heaven? He had already been to heaven. He came from heaven. The joy set before Jesus, it wasn't being connected with the Father. He'd been in perfect unity with the Father for all of eternity. The joy that was set before Jesus, the reason that he decided to go was you. That he could have relationship and connection with you. So the Father could be connected with you. And Isaiah says that after it was all done, after Jesus did it, he looked back and he was satisfied. He said it was worth it. Jesus said, I'm glad I did it. The joy was worth it. So that you and I could come along with him into fellowship now and into heaven forever. You have to understand the cross is the final answer for every question about who God is, what God cares about, and what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, just glance at the cross. And see, the resurrection is the proof that that answer that the cross gives is sufficient, and it did its work, and it is true. When you don't understand, when it doesn't make any sense, just take a moment and glance at the cross. You look at these Old Testament stories like Abraham and Isaac, God, I don't get it. Just glance at the cross. Okay, I understand. Lord, why do we suffer? Why is there such difficulty in this life? Just take a moment and glance at the cross. And you see the sin and the brokenness of this world, how we have introduced sin, how we have multiplied sin, and how it brings problems and it brings death. And it had to be answered by the breaking of the Savior. That God doesn't say when he looks at sin, oh, it's okay. He doesn't say don't worry about it. He doesn't say, well, you hurt one of my other people of creation, so just forget it. Justice has to be served. And so we look and we say, okay, God, why is life so unfair? Why did this happen to me? Why did it happen to him? And God would say, look at the, look at the cross. Glance at the cross. And remember that his resurrection proves that the cross has and the cross will set every injustice right. That God will deal with every sin. That's what the cross was for. Is God doesn't ignore it. He deals with it. He fixes it and he takes care of it so we can be with him. And it feels like, oh, why is God so distant? The answer is glance at the cross and see what lengths he would go to so he can be with you. To understand that he is holy and that he is perfect and he will not be partnered with sin, but he's desperate to be partnered with you and connected with you. Isaiah 53, this is amazing. This is, this is 600 years before Jesus was even born. The prophet says this in Isaiah 53, verse four. Surely Jesus took up our infirmities, carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. 
But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. And here's our state. We all, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And see, his mission was to reconcile you to the Father so you can be together and nothing could turn him from it. Now I want to I speak to those right now in this room, you, you who are like, you kind of know about God or you know that he's there or you're still trying to figure it out, but he's not fully right here. There's maybe some distance, but maybe a little hunger for more. And I've got a little picture of, of what it's like. It's like these two fish in these bowls. Now, before we jump into this, I want to tell you that I actually, my plan was to have two bowls up here with real fish, but the guy wouldn't sell me fish. I went in there, and I had my two bowls, and I was like, hey, I need two goldfish. And he says, well, do you have your system ready? And I'm like, yeah, these two bowls right here. And he said, uh, your, your fish uh, in those two bowls, they're going to die in three days. And I was like, perfect. That's, that's, that's exactly what I want. And, and and he said, no, there's, there's like this the ammonia and it. it's like going to like burn them and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, like I'm not going to melt two fish for an illustration. So I'm not going to buy fish. So he was successful in his mission. And so I got this picture anyway. And so this is, this is what we have here. And see, some of us, it's like that. You can see God, right? I mean, your whole life you've seen him, you know. He's been involved. He's been there. He's even answered some prayers, Right? You've been able to see him, but there's some sort of separation. You would say that he's just not intimate. He's not close. You're not walking hand in hand with him. And I want to tell you what that barrier is, is sin. And the mission was to remove that. If you want to bring it to the next slide, another reason I couldn't have the fish is I don't know how to train a fish to goldfish to do that. But I want you to understand in that slide there, that's Jesus in the air. And he made the effort so you could be in the same bowl. See, and what we do is we just allow him in. We say, yes, Jesus. And then he comes to be with us, and that sin is gone. But see, there is no other way except through Jesus. There there was a, a teacher of the law. His name was Nicodemus. And he saw something in Jesus, but he came at night because he didn't want his friends to know. He wanted to keep it on the down low. So he goes and he asks Jesus all these questions. Tell me about this. And Jesus is teaching him. And and I want to show you a little clip uh, from The Chosen. And I want you to understand that what you're about to see is not in the Bible. It's their understanding of what could have happened. And we don't know a whole lot about Nicodemus. We we think that he helped with uh, Jesus' burial. But Nicodemus kind of disappears. And this is their explanation of why he disappears. Now Jesus is calling all these disciples. And I want you just to watch what Nicodemus does as Jesus is calling him to come to him. Let's go ahead and show that, please. This should be everyone. Everyone's here. Yes, this is all of us. Is there anyone else? 
Look at this. What is that? I don't know. Let's find out. Gold. A friend of mine left that for us. It's enough for two weeks of food and lodging. the gopher to make it to a camp in Tiberius by nightfall. Simon is correct. Let's go. Are you going to wear that? On a trip. These are my clothes. Should I have others? Some of you are right there. You're so close. You're so close. And I just don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss the life that he has for you. The love that he has for you. The connection. You're so close. You know he's there. Don't hide behind the corner. Don't stay back there. Come in to what God has for you. Listen, you know there's truth and he is that truth. And you know that there's good, and he is that good. And you know that there's beauty. Listen, he is that beauty. You know that there's life. He is that life. You know that there's hope, and he is the hope. Jesus told Nicodemus that, that famous passage, John three sixteen. Told him that night, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. You're so close. All you have to do is let him in. And the reason that Jesus stayed on that mission was to close the distance between you and truth. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. The reason that Jesus stayed on that mission was to close the, the distance between you and goodness, between you and beauty, between you and life, between you and hope, between you and freedom, but most of all, between you and God. To move from knowing that it's out there to every moment it being in here, experiencing him and carrying him and walking with him and going hand in hand in all you do. Listen, Jesus didn't go through all of that for you to be in separate bowls. He went through all of that to close the distance, any distance and all distance, to know him and be known by him, to walk hand in hand with him. And I have to tell you, there will always be distance without Jesus. It is the only way it is the only way to completely close the distance between us and God because there will always be sin that needs a sacrifice and that is the only sacrifice that takes care of it. Perfect creator makes a perfect creation and we bring brokenness to it. Come on, the broken choices that we've done that we can't fix, the things we've said that we can't take back, the things that we can't repair, that's why Jesus kept his eye on the goal. And I want you to understand his sacrifice was enough 
and his blood is enough. And if you're there, if there's that distance, if you haven't ever given your life to Jesus, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that in just a minute, to close the distance forever, to walk with him forever. But before I do that, I wanna talk for just a minute to those who have already said yes, who have let Jesus in. And I wanna go back to our theme verse again, over to Hebrews one more time. And we've looked at it a number of times, but it's not gonna hurt to look one more time. And now I want you to think about you in this passage. And it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then consider, let us consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. Why? So that we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. Listen, don't lose heart. Those of you who are in Jesus, don't fear. Don't despair this broken world. Don't despair the loss that we face. As everything seems to be pushing against your faith right now, don't be angry, don't be afraid. Listen, the cross makes sense of it all. Glance at the cross and the resurrection proves it. Remember this focus and this determination of our Lord and his mission for us. And in that, fix your eyes on our mission. Fix our eyes on our prize. Fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, I look at this world and I look at what's going on and there's part of me that sometimes I just, I get tired of losing. I feel like, God, we're always losing. We're going backwards here. But today on Resurrection Sunday, I want to remind you of the victory that we have right now. And it's not just in the end. It's not just when Jesus returns. Listen, the victory that we have because of the resurrection right now, that you are already delivered in Jesus. Listen, you are already kept. And we're acting like Christians. We're acting like these victims that are assailed by culture. But in fact, the resurrection declares that we are conquerors. No, we are more than conquerors every day right now, transforming this world by the love of Jesus Christ. And I want you to move forward in that victory. And I want you to move forward. Listen, in him we have daily victory. We have daily joy. We have daily power. We have resurrection power, not someday, not in heaven, but every day. We walk in his joy and his mission, and we minister freedom right now. I was at uh, the rec center on Saturday, and uh, this guy, I think he's been to our church maybe two or three times, he, he comes up to me and he says, hey, I've got this uh, social media thing, and, and I want you to greet my followers. Would you do that? And I was like, sure, yeah. And so I, I greeted his followers, and then we got done. And uh, on the video, he says, this guy saved my life. And he pointed to me. And I said, I did? When did that happen? I don't remember that at all. And I want you to understand that that's how it works with Jesus. As you're standing for the truth, as you're bringing praise to him, as you're showing love to others, as you reach out to the discarded or the broken or the lonely or the hurting, that you are saving lives, that the kingdom is advancing through you every single day, you are more than a conqueror. You're victorious in bringing the kingdom of God. No matter what you face, wherever you go, that's what the resurrection does, that wherever we go, we are victorious. Wherever we go, we're taking ground right now. We're seeing the kingdom come and his will be done right here in your life on earth as it is in heaven because you go after him and his power is in you, his resurrection power. I want to show you this uh, testimony from Jamie. I, I'm so proud of you, Jamie, if you're here right now. 
I'm so proud of her. I asked her if I could share this with you, and she said, well, if you think it'll help, I think it's going to help. I know it's going to help. And I want you to see in this testimony, I want you to see his victory, and I want you to see her victory in the midst of her difficulty. She's getting baptized next week. If you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you to, to follow her and come along and be baptized. But listen to what she has to say. It's so good. Well, my name is Jamie Claire. As a kid growing up, uh, we didn't talk about religion a lot. Um, we very loosely followed Christ, but we weren't churchgoers or studying the Bible or anything like that. Um, but a few years ago in um, 2021, he kind of sought me out and I mean, I feel like in a way he was kind of like, it's my turn to start carrying some of that from you and uh, get me ready for my future. Um, so he's getting me ready and um, I put all my faith and trust in him and he really helped me out a lot. And he got me ready, um, got strong enough that he took my husband home to heaven in June of 2021. And he was just getting me ready. And he took him to heaven with him. And ever since then, he's just helped me carry everything and comfort me and guide me through all of it. And um, I've been ready to be baptized for a while. I just, I felt now was right. I was ready. It was the right time. Yeah. Yeah, so proud of her. So now I want you to understand that when you come to Jesus, it doesn't take all your problems away. When, when you come to Jesus, it doesn't mean you're not going to suffer anymore. What it means is you, you never do it alone again. What it means is you do it with the creator, the one who knows you. What it means is even when the worst thing happens, that we go forward victorious in the middle of it, hand in hand with our God. It means that we are pressed, but we're not crushed. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. That we have difficulty in life, but we never go alone. And we always have power for the kingdom in our homes, in our work, in our school, in our hearts, and in our lives, and especially in our suffering. Heaven has already started for those who are in Jesus Christ. It's already started because you are with him every day and every moment, even in the middle of hell on earth, heaven has already started for those who are in Christ. And yes, we will see the full revelation of our King. And we will see him in all his glory and every wrong will be made right and every tear will be wiped away and everything at that moment, it will finally make sense. But until then, we glance at the cross we focus on Him. We walk with Him. Do you get it? Do you understand? That since He is risen, every moment, every moment is redeemed. Since He is risen, every pain is resurrected into life and new life for us. And the pain comes and the disappointment comes and the loss comes. But listen, it will be restored. And in fact, it already is being restored because He is risen and He is found in all of it. 
And so I want to invite you into that mission and into that focus and into that victory and into that resurrection power. That night when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you want to walk with God, if you want to be close to God, you must be born again. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to be with God forever, you must be born again. If you want the life and the hope and the freedom that comes with a connection, an intimate relationship with God, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how? And guess what? It's not hard. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. All it is is to say yes to Jesus. He's done all the work. He's reached across heaven so he could be with you. You were the mission. You were the goal. And listen, some of you are so close and I don't want you to miss it. You're so close to the life that he has. Don't hide around the corner. Don't let it pass you by. So I'm going to just ask that, that we're going to let people have their moment with God. So would you just bow your heads and close your eyes right now? Right now. I just want you to have your moment with God. And if that's you, if you would say, I want to give my life to Jesus right now. I want to close the distance between me and God. I want to give him the rest of my life and walk with him. If, if that's you, just lift up your hand right now. Just lift it up high and hold it up there. We've got some tools we're going to put down by you. There's a bunch up here. One in the back there. Thank you. Just lift them up high. Right up here, please. Right over here. Ken over here up to your left. Okay, and if you would say that uh, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus that I was walking with him and I just slipped away it, just lift your hand up right now say I want to I come back right here right here in the middle a couple people right here there's one right back there some in the back there a bunch of them in the back please get those uh, tools to them just keep your hand up until they set the, the, those books next to you just lift your hand up high listen I don't want you to miss it you're so close. Don't let this moment go by. Don't miss this opportunity. I know there's more. There we go, right here. Right here in the middle in the back. Right over here. Thank you. Just lift your hand up right now. Don't miss it. Over there. Anthony, right there too. There's three people right there. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. One last call. Don't miss it. There's someone right here. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so many hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. They're coming home. Thank you, Lord. They're connecting with you. Thank you, Jesus. One last call. Anyone else? Don't miss it. This is the chance. Put your hand up right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, what we're going to do is we're just going to pray. And this is, I want you to understand that this is the beginning and this is all it takes. It's you choosing to say, yes, I belong to Jesus. I will be with Jesus now. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Ken, right in front of you, there's one. His head bowed. We're going to pray this prayer, and it's the beginning, okay? And it's the beginning of you walking with Jesus for the rest of your life. But I want you to understand that when you say this prayer, when you invite him in, when you say yes to Jesus, immediately you are his. You are saved, and you are with him. And then it's a process for the rest of your life, getting closer to him, following him, obeying him, learning how to serve him and love him. So just pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, say to him, say, Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. 
I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Please forgive me. And Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I give you my life. I'll follow you for the rest of my days. Thank you that I'm your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, I just pray for every single person, every single person who prayed that prayer, whether they raised their hand or not, Lord, and I ask that you promise that you'll be with us. In fact, you said that you would send your Holy Spirit to live in us as soon as we come to Jesus. So, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that for many of them right now that they would just feel your arms around them, that they would know that it's you that's there. And Lord, I thank you that you love them and that you're for them. And they are the reason that you did all of this. And so Lord, I just pray that you come and fill them and give them everything they need for life and godliness. Lord, help them to grow in you and protect this thing that has started right now and let it just be a fire that affects all they are and all that they do. I thank you, God, that you're for them. Fill them, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that they belong to you and they are saved, that they're children of the King and they're reconciled to their Creator. We just give you praise and glory, Lord. Thank you for that. Guys, can we welcome our new family members in for the kingdom of Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Let's stand up and let's give him glory and let's give him praise for the amazing thing that he has done right now. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.